This is the Better Than Before Betrayal Podcast, episode number 35, Patients Need Patience, My Hubby's Sacrament Meeting Talk. Have you or someone you know experienced betrayal from a husband's pornography use, sexually compulsive behaviors, or other forms of infidelity? Hi, I'm Ruthie. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a life coach certified through the Life Coach School. In this podcast, I will share my experience of growth and healing as I have learned tools and concepts to help me take responsibility for my own happiness, find peace, confidence, and become a stronger version of myself. Come with me and let me show you how to have a life that is better than before betrayal. Hi there. Today's episode is my husband sharing his sacrament meeting talk that he gave that I thought you would find helpful. And maybe you'd like to grab your husband and let him listen as well. So I hope you enjoy. Patience, simply need patience. Two years ago, a sister on our ward shared a thought during a talk in sacrament meeting that resonated with me. She spoke of how the church is like a hospital and we are all here seeking healing from one thing or another. No matter what our ailment or ailments are, we come and seek healing from the greatest physician, the Savior. She told us that if we need the Savior, we belong. We all need the Savior, and we do belong. In 3 Nephi chapter 17, the Savior said, Have you any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have you any that are lame, or blind, or halt, or maimed, or leprous, or that are withered, or that are deaf, or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither, and I will heal them. Today this may sound more like, Have you any among you who are depressed, anxious, overworked, feeling lonely, struggling with low self-esteem, dealing with an addiction, struggling to parent the way they want? Bring them hither, and I will heal them. When our new bishop was recently called, he reminded us of this sister's comments about the church being like a hospital and shared a New York Times article entitled, Patients simply need other patients. I had the chance to read this article, and it explains how when a patient is struggling with a health issue, other patients can help. They have or have had the same condition, as well as the anxieties and the questions and all that goes along with the illness, and they've found a path through the trial. There's a lot about the patient experience that doctors and nurses cannot convey because they have not gone through it but patients can get a better feel and a better sense of what it means to be a patient from another patient. Patients actually do better when they know they're not alone in their journey. The church is like a hospital, and we all come seeking help for what ails us. Showing up at a hospital today, we might be assigned to a triage nurse who quickly evaluates our current situation, what we're struggling with, and then Sometimes we are assigned to a ward or a section of the hospital. But in the church, there's no triage nurse. We come to church in our assigned wards based off of geography rather than what we are struggling with. And all too often we blend in with everyone else and their struggles in life. Our symptoms or struggles may go unnoticed by others, possibly because others simply don't notice or because we hide them. We go home from church, we close the doors, we pull the blinds shut, afraid of what others might think of us if they knew our struggles or our weaknesses, our illness, 
or even our sins. This behavior has been around for a very long time. In Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, they heard the voice of the Lord God, and Adam and Eve hid themselves. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Adam and Eve hid themselves because of the shame placed in their minds by Satan. God knew them. He knew they were naked. He did not shame them. He loved them. What if instead of hiding our struggles and feeling shame or trying to blend in with others so no one noticed, what if we could feel acceptance and we could seek healing? What if we knew that there were other patients dealing with the same things we were and we were not alone in our struggles? I know personally why I struggled at times to be my true self and allow the Savior and His Atonement to apply in my life and to more fully repent. I was afraid of what others might think. Like Adam and Eve, I hid my true self because of shame. Our Heavenly Father and the Savior know us, and they know our struggles. They know our nakedness, and that doesn't change their love for us one bit. If we could be more accepting of who we are and where we are, I believe we could more fully take advantage of the hospital that the church is and seek out other patients and know that we are not alone. We belong. We would more fully understand that we are not humans trying to have a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and are imperfect. We all have weaknesses, shortcomings, illnesses, and even sins we have been sent here to overcome. None of us are exempt from facing life challenges. Ether chapter 12 verse 27 says, I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble, and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. In my weaknesses, I have sometimes used my agency contrary to what Heavenly Father hoped for, and those poor choices have required me to humble myself and repent. Humility takes courage. Recently, a graduating senior from our ward spoke in sacrament meeting and shared how they experienced depression and anxiety during their high school years. What a courageous and vulnerable thing to share. I can testify that this young member of our ward is not the only youth or adult struggling with such feelings. They are not alone. What if it were possible for each of us to open up and share our struggles that we face individually or the struggles our family is facing? We don't need to do it from the pulpit, but what if we opened up and shared with a spouse, a parent, our bishop or other leaders, our ministering brother or sister, or just a good friend? What if we could find a so-called other patient that had struggled or was struggling with something like we were facing? Imagine the blessing it would be to know we were not alone. Not giving in to the shame that Satan all too often puts into our minds for not measuring up. We are, in reality, enough. We are trying our best we are making efforts to become the person we want to be, albeit with stumbling blocks. It's all part of our mortal journey here on earth. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland stated, With the gift of the atonement of Jesus Christ and the strength from heaven, 
we can improve. And the great thing about the gospel is we get credit for trying, even if we don't succeed. Keep loving, keep trying, keep believing, keep growing. Heaven is cheering you on today, tomorrow, and forever. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf shares that God knows we are not perfect and that you fail at times. God loves you no less when you struggle than when you triumph. Imagine the conversation between the Savior and Peter after Peter walked on water and then lost his focus on the Savior and began to sink. The Savior pulled him up and walked with him back to the boat. I think we can all hear the Savior lovingly telling a dripping wet Peter, at least you got out of the boat and tried. All of this effort and being willing to share our struggles with others takes humility and vulnerability. Many years ago, President Henry B. Eyring received this counsel from another brother. How? When you meet someone, treat them as if they were in serious trouble, and you will be right more than half of the time. Not only was he right, but I have since learned over the years that he was way too low in his estimate. One of the adversary's greatest tools today is making us think we are alone in our struggles. Lucifer loves the darkness. He thrives when we keep things in the dark, instead of bringing things into the light where the Savior and others can help us heal. I know this all too well. The Apostle Peter wrote that the disciples of Jesus are to have compassion one for another. We are admonished to bear one another's burdens. Sometimes the hardships and the burdens we carry are self-inflicted. Sometimes they are the actions of others and sometimes they are just the results of living a mortal life. The charge to bear one another's burdens does not come with an asterisk. There are some ailment, ailments those around us might be facing that we aren't sure how to minister to, like someone struggling emotionally, spiritually, or someone with a so-called self-inflicted wound from sin and bad choices. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland again said, we may not be able to alter the journey, but we can make sure no one walks in it alone. Surely, that is what it means to bear one another's burdens. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf taught, God knows you. You are his child. He loves you. Even when you think you are not lovable, he reaches out to you this very day, every day. He reaches out to you, desiring to heal you, to lift you up, and to replace the emptiness in your heart with abiding joy. He desires to sweep away the darkness that clouds your life and fills it with the, and fill it with the sacred, brilliant light of His unending glory. Like some of you, I have felt many of these feelings that our apostles have described, and I have been blessed to be part of a ward hospital and even an intensive care unit when I needed it. We've just spent the past three years dealing with a worldwide pandemic. 13 months before we ever knew about COVID-19 and a pandemic, the February 2019 Enzyme magazine highlighted a different kind of plague that was raging and still rages today. I think it could also be called a pandemic because it is spread across the world and affects a substantial number of individuals, including members of the church, including members of our ward, and possibly members of our families. The plague, or pandemic I'm referring to, is addiction, and more specifically, the plague of pornography. 
I know what a heart-wrenching struggle it is to wrestle with an addiction, but I also know that healing can be found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what we are struggling with, He calls for us to come hither and be healed. We are never alone in our trials. Today, I am choosing to share things that are very personal and tender to me. I choose to do so in the hopes that some of you who may be affected by or are dealing with something similar will find courage and strength to keep going, to make the changes necessary in your life. For those with a loved one struggling, I hope you find renewed hope in love, support, and even forgiveness. Some of you may already know my story. Many do not. If what I share today rings true in your life or in the life of a loved one, please reach out to Ruth or me. We're happy to visit and offer love and support in your journey, all the while keeping confidence. Patients simply need other patients. We have benefited from other patients. The Savior loves us, and in His church there is a place of healing, and the Savior is the master healer. My addiction is not something I am proud of, and it came with a lot of shame and guilt. Some of you may also know those same feelings. My addiction is the result of my weaknesses and ultimately because of my poor choices. There is a plague, and if we ignore it, it only gets worse. I choose to share today because some of you, a spouse, a child, a family member, or a friend may be dealing with the same or similar challenge. Some of you may be dealing with a different trial, but have those same feelings of guilt and shame or just that you are alone in your trial and don't want to share it with anyone. I want you to know and believe that we are never alone and it will be okay. The author C.S. Lewis once wrote, Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. I am thankful for my friends in addiction the coolest club I never wanted to belong to. I want to share and offer hope that there is a cure for the plague of addiction or any trial we face, but it takes effort and it takes the help of a loving Savior. Remember, He knows our nakedness. His grace is sufficient and all He asks is for us to come unto Him, to be humble and to repent. In last April's General Conference, President Camille Johnson referred to this as emptying the proverbial backpack and getting rid of the things that weigh us down in life. Unloading the backpack brings relief beyond belief. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, there is hope. Addiction comes in many forms, drugs, alcohol, pornography, video games, food, and many more. There are many great resources available to us, including a loving bishop, mental health professionals, the Addiction Recovery Program, as well as support meetings for spouses and families, to name a few. You don't need to travel this path alone. The 12-step program, that is the Addiction Recovery Program, sponsored by the Church, is based on the Alcoholics Anonymous program, but more focused on gospel principles, including honesty, hope, trusting in God, truth, confession, change of heart, humility, seeking forgiveness, restitution and reconciliation, daily accountability, personal revelation, and service. 
If I had simply read this list without identifying these as the 12 steps of the addiction recovery program, you would have simply recognized them as solid gospel principles to live by. And that is exactly what the steps to recovery from addiction are. In recovery, I am a better person because of my trials and my journey. Today, I am grateful for a brother who knew my struggles and looked me in the eye, called me by name, and said hello every Sunday. I am grateful for a sister knowing our family's struggles who texted to offer support to our kids because growing up, her family had similar struggles. I am grateful for a brother who texts often to ask how I'm doing. I'm grateful for an invitation to lunch to foster friendship. I'm grateful for the tender mercy of a sister who requested the song, Where Can I Turn for Peace, six years ago in a sacrament meeting. I'm grateful for a brother willing to share his struggle and seek repentance four years after he knew my struggles with addiction. I'm grateful for a brother who is faithful, covenant-keeping member of the church, dealing with the same gender attraction, who knew my trials were different than his, but seeks support in his journey and supports me in mine. I am grateful for a brother who told me it's going to be okay, and it is. I'm grateful for a sister willing to offer Ruth a ride home from church and shared a small gift to offer support. Ruth has since been able to offer love and support to this amazing sister when addiction affected her family years later. I'm grateful for ministering brothers and sisters who love and serve our family. These are just a few of my many experiences I am grateful for that help me remember my divine worth and that I am not alone in my trials and in my journey. I'm grateful for my wife Ruth for her support and patience with me in my recovery and that she practices exactly what she preaches, love and forgiveness. I'm grateful for and bear testimony that we have a Heavenly Father and a Savior who know our nakedness and love us for who we are and our efforts and make the efforts we make and follow them in the name of Jesus Christ. In the, amen. And there you go. I hope that you felt the spirit of this message today. I hope that you know that you're not alone in your struggles. Your husband isn't alone in his. I hope that you will find the peace and the courage to reach out and get the support and the help that you need. Thank you for listening today. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope that what I have shared today is helpful and hope-filled for you. If you know someone that would find this podcast helpful, please share it. If you have questions about this or any topic that you'd like to understand more deeply, to help you take responsibility for your happiness, to find growth and healing from what you have experienced, please go to betterthanbeforebetrayal.com and schedule a time.